Alrighty, Tuesday morning, leaving the house, headed into work. I had a really good run this morning. I just had three miles. Whoa, drop the phone. Just had three miles um, on the schedule, and I was glad to get it done. The last two Tuesdays, I've taken them as rest days and just slept in. Um, I, the Tuesday before last was the day after Labor Day. We got in late from out of town the night before. And then last Tuesday, I just didn't feel well. And this morning, I did wake up with a headache, but it was one of those things where I was like, I know it. I think I'm going to feel better if I just get out there and get the run done. And sure enough, about two steps into my run, my headache went away. So I was really happy to get uh, get that in. I listened to a fantastic podcast. It was the Human Race Podcast, which is done, uh, done by Runner's World. And I mentioned a few episodes back that they are uh, discontinuing that show, which is such a shame. It's just so good. But I'm going back and listening to all the archives while I can. Hopefully they're not going to take those down. But anyway, the podcast I listened to, I loaded two onto my iPod. And one was about a man with a uh, basically like a mechanical heart. I've just started that one, so I'm not really quite sure about the story. But the other one was about, uh, well, it started off talking about a 350-foot urinal which is the world's longest urinal and how they had that at the New York Marathon and originally I kind of thought it was going to be a story all around the urinal and I was kind of gagging thinking about and I almost changed it to the next podcast but I'm so glad I listened to it because it was so good it was it was about the man behind the urinal a man named Vic um, I can't think of his last name right now but basically it talked about his involvement with the New York Marathon since 1980 he ran it I think he ran it in 81 and then in 1982 said that he would help with just sort of the logistics and volunteering and uh, that he would volunteer and brought his family in to volunteer and then he proceeded to volunteer and really was instrumental in the growth of the marathon and the growth of every all the logistics around the marathon for the next 25 years and he was a lieutenant in the New York Fire Department retired in 97 uh, ended up going back after September 11th to help out uh, with his fire station. They had five people killed, and he just knew so many people who had been killed by that. And so he went in and helped and then eventually developed sinus cancer from the exposure of all the debris. And but uh, So really the whole episode was just kind of a, a look at his life and his involvement with the New York Marathon and the Boston Marathon and his impact there. And I love stories like that, especially stories of people working behind the scenes helping make, you know, these huge events with 40,000 plus people happen. And it just talked about his, his passion for making sure everyone had a great experience and his focus on the little things, making sure the coffee was hot, that, uh, you know, there was enough places for people to be. And that's what led to the 350-foot urinal and all that kind of stuff. So it's just really interesting. I, I, I really would like to get at some point into helping with races. I volunteered with races before, um, and now I'm kind of focused on running in them, but at some point I really would like to volunteer more. I really would love to start a race. Um, I think I would be a race director, a good race director, possibly. I don't know. I'm a very type A type person, and I really like kind of organizing big tasks, big events like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I've talked before about the swim run event I'd like to see happen in Monroe so maybe that'd be my first stab at a race director type thing but all in all it's just a great fan uh, a great podcast about a, a really fantastic man and just his story about service and dedication to the marathon and 
I know. It's just really inspired by it, and it made the run go by so fast. So I encourage you to check it out. I'm not exactly sure what episode it is, but the Human Race podcast by Runner's World doesn't have a ton of episodes. I would say maybe, you know, less than 30 or 40, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. But, um, yeah, highly recommend it. Meredith here. It's about 12.05 on Tuesday afternoon, headed home for lunch gonna make last night for dinner I was uh, planning to have more pizza but I was just kind of pizzaed out after two meals in a row so I had some black bean nachos and I might make that again for lunch or the pizza got a couple different options but anyways headed home and uh, that's podcast I listened to this morning about the New York Marathon just made me th- think about our trip to New York let's see that was probably in 2000 uh, might have been 2010 or 2010 or 2011 that we went to New York with Chad's mom and dad and his dad were in the marathon and we went in I want to say like on a Thursday and the marathon was on Sunday and we left on Monday so we had a that was our first time I think Chad had been to New York but that was my first time his parents had been several times and it was such a fun experience and I never really thought I would want to run the New York Marathon just because it's so big and it seems like it'd be so expensive to you know fly up there stay up there plus all the gear that you know you'd want to buy at the expo I bought so much stuff at the expo and I didn't even run the dang thing so I've still got shirts from New York that I wear and I was very careful not to get anything to make it look like I did the marathon just they just have a bunch of vendors with cool stuff I've got a New Balance shirt I still really like um but overall, it was just such a fun trip, and I remember Chad's dad saying that there was just never a part on the course where it thinned out. Like, it was shoulder-to-shoulder people from start to finish, and he said one lady dropped a gel and bent down to pick it up, and he was like, we never saw her again. He's like, I think she was trampled because you just kind of are kind of carried along by the crowd. You got to keep up, or you'll just get mowed over, but... Um, so I don't know. I do think it would be really fun to be a part of that. I applied back then whenever I knew he was going to be running it. I applied to be in the lottery and then I don't know. I just kind of forgot about it. So I don't know if anything ever came about that, but it is a lottery entry. And so I think like once you're in within three years, you're guaranteed to get in, but you never know which of those three years it'll be, you know, either the first, second or third. So I might throw my name back in the ring to see It'd just be something fun to experience. I would love to do the Boston Marathon, but I don't think I will ever be fast enough to do that unless I'm like in my 70s and maybe can qualify. Um, So yeah, just thinking about New York uh, and there's a documentary on Fred LeBeau who was the marathon director for years and years. I think it's called Run For Your Life and he passed away from brain cancer, I believe, but just talks about the how that race grew and developed over the years and it would be interesting to watch I watched it several years ago so I might give that another watch on a, I think it's on Amazon Prime so just some thoughts about the New York Marathon on this October day and it is still September it's not October yet so it's a beautiful September day not October Alright, I forgot to mention this earlier when I was recording, but earlier this morning, one of my coworkers asked me if I would possibly be interested in doing a Ragnar relay run or being part of a Ragnar team. 
in March uh, for the Tennessee Ragnar, and I don't know. I, my immediate thought was like, no way. That to me, I've seen some documentaries about Ragnar, seen some race reports, and I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like my scene, which I'm glad it exists for people who like that kind of stuff. And by that kind of stuff, I mean, I don't know I've heard people say like, it's not a run, it's like a party through the night, and people wear costumes and have like crazy hair and that's just not really my scene I don't like any of that really <laughs> I don't like kind of you know people dressing up or having to do something through the night but it does at its core seem like it would be a fun event being part of a 12 person team to cover roughly 200 miles the Tennessee one goes from I believe Knoxville to Nashville and it's two, I think two days. So like you start on a Friday morning, run all day, all night, and then finish Saturday at some point, I guess, just depending on how uh, fast your team is. But each person runs, I think either two to three or three to four times for about a total of uh, 10 to 13 miles each, but never really at one stretch. I think you, you know, you might do like four miles and you might do seven miles and you might do three miles. So I don't know. I actually am kind of intrigued by it. It would be really interesting and it would, it would get me way out of my comfort zone because it would be uh, my coworker, it's her best friend and her family who they've done these Ragnar races before and they normally do a, the one in Chicago, but they're unable to, so they're doing the one in Tennessee. So I, it would be me and all these people who know each other really well. So that could be strange, but I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm going to think about it. Uh, it would be in at the end of March, so I should be recovered from the 50-miler, and it would just be a totally different running experience. One thing I regret not doing when we lived in Kentucky was the Bourbon Chase, and that was a, I think, about a 200-mile run along the Bourbon Trail. You just kind of popped along each of the distilleries throughout Kentucky, and then you ended in Lexington, uh, or maybe Louisville. I'm not sure. One of those, but I don't know. It does seem like it would be kind of fun, so we'll continue to think on that. Alrighty, it's about 5.15 on Tuesday evening, headed uh, into town. Actually, I've got to run some errands, so it feels weird to be heading away from home, but I've got to go by the UPS store, drop off a package. I'm on a uh, continual hunt to find the perfect running hat, and that involves a lot of uh, strikeouts. So the main problem with me in my hunt for the perfect running hat is I have a very small head. And most hats are way too big for me. Like a lot of the hats that I get at races, I'll just give to Chad because he'll put it on and it'll look perfect. I'll put it on and it'll come down past my ears. So I know my sister Megan, who uh, hopefully is listening to this, may have. The, I think she has the same problem. We have similar size heads. But hats normally look a little better on her than they do on me. But I always run in a hat, work out in a hat, because my hair... Uh, it just sweats and it gets all over the place and it's kind of my hair is pretty fine and so even if I pull it back it's not gonna stay and it's just gonna drive me crazy so I always uh, wear a hat and I've got three right now that are perfect but I'm I don't know I'm just I'm not satisfied with that I'm always trying to find one better so I've got so actually, well, two of them are from uh, races that I've done. One was for from the Marquee race. Uh, it was a triathlon in Lexington that I did 
it's a head head sweats hat and then the other one I have is a Asics head sweats hat from the Flying Pig Marathon and I love that hat it's gray and it just like goes with everything and Megan Megan and I actually did that race together and this past summer she gave me hers so mine is starting to get beat up and worn but now I've got a backup so that's exciting and then I've got the marquee hat which is white and then this summer uh, when I was doing the River City Triathlon I picked up a white sports spectrum hat but I don't know I just feel like I need one more like perfect hat at, maybe at a trail running hat so I've tried a couple different ones tried a Patagonia one from backcountry and that's actually what I'm going to uh, take to the UPS store right now to return but I've got one on the way from Ultra and basically what I'm trying to find is a hat that works really well with a headlamp because I'm going to be doing a lot of running uh, in the morning it's starting to get darker uh, and stay dark stay darker longer as we get into the fall and winter and then the start of the 50 miler will definitely be in the dark and so I'm trying to get used to running with a headlamp and I want a hat that will work well with a headlamp and so I don't know now I've got an ultra race hat on the way and it's kind of like a cross between like a race hat and a cycling cap with the real short bill so I don't know it could look ridiculous or it could look normal on my tiny head so we shall see